Welcome back to Double Testimony, episode four, I think. I always lose track. Yeah, yeah, we're not, we should be better at that. But we have an amazing guest today. We have another one of Anna's besties. My housemate, Hepzibah. Or Hep, we call her Hep. Hey, Hep. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm so stoked to have you on this podcast. And it's actually really funny because I was talking to Hep one night. We were just chilling, having a little girl's night at home after work. And I was telling her about Planted and sort of what we're doing mm-hmm. and just what what is lined up for this season of, of Double Testimony. And I was telling her, like, I really need another, another guest um, to interview, but I'm just praying over, like, who it should be. And Hep was like, yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, pray about that. We ended up just like having this really fruitful discussion. Mm-hmm. And I just knew in that moment, like, oh my goodness, what am I thinking? I should have you on the podcast yeah. <laughs> to share your testimony and we can talk about this stuff. So I'm so keen for this. It's going to be super chill and super fun, but super fruitful. So thanks yeah. for coming on. No, thank you. Before we jump in, I'd love to just ask you to share a bit about yourself just so the guests can the guests the listeners can hear a little bit about our guest which is you (laughs) um so my name is Hepzibah uh it's quite hard for people to sort of get that when they first (laughs) see my name or hear of it um but it's basically Hebrew uh I'm sure people are wondering what it is but um it's Hebrew and it means my delight is in her it's from the bible I know uh my parents were a bit um bit tricky in the way they um named me they <laughs> even cool. told me that if I was going to be named a boy they were gonna name me Rufus <laughs> which is weird <laughs> I'm like, no, sorry to all the Rufuses out there <laughs> um but they really liked that name <laughs> for some reason but anyways uh with um I grew up in Dubai uh I was born there my dad moved there when he was super young uh for work and I grew up there, I did my high school there, and I moved to Sydney uh, for uni because uh, my brother has been here for a while. And I always wanted to come to um, Sydney to, to study, and which is what happened. So, um, yeah, and then I started working here, um, and that's where I met Anna. Um, yeah. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, we actually work in the same hospital, which is super cool. I will leave the name out of the recording. (laughs) But yeah, we met actually like as new grads in our nursing role. Yeah. But we didn't know. We should just tell the story while we're at it. We didn't know that each other were Christians. No. And we would both catch the same train to work. Yeah. And we sort of knew each other was on the train, right? Like we knew that we were on the same train. Yeah. But we would never like arrange to sit together because we each... We didn't say, but we each wanted to use that time to spend with God before That's work. That's right. Yeah. And so we wouldn't tell each other like, oh, come sit with me. We'd like intentionally sit separately and yeah. then meet up as soon as we got to the station and walk from the station together. Yeah. And then no, I remember, I remember feeling like, oh yeah, I wonder if Anna, because I really liked you when I first met you. I really liked you too. I was like, oh, I need to be friends <laughs> with so this cute. girl. She's oh. really sweet. Um, so... I knew that we would get on the same train and we'd like text each other going, oh, did you get on this train? And, you know, eventually we'd be on the same train, but I'm like, oh, I should ask her to come over and sit with me or I should go sit with her. But I'm like, oh, but I need to do my devotion now, so I probably won't do that. <laughs> and then we'd get off the train and then we'd see each other from across the station and we'd go, yeah. hey. Um, and it was one of those days when I think I told you to come over to where I was sitting yeah was that right and um I think I sat in the same carriage as you but I didn't know yeah and then you texted me I'll look up and I looked up and I came and sat with you yeah and I saw the bible app open on your phone yeah but I was like is that the bible app or am I just like (laughs) hoping it is because you like it it was only for a split second yeah I didn't want to like be like was that the bible app and you'd be like no yeah um Um, and then and then you friended me on facebook i think we friended each other on facebook and i went on her facebook to stalk her like i would (laughs) and um and you saw planted (laughs) and i saw everything about planted and you know you giving a message at your church i think it was i I can't remember but um i was like whoa she's a christian that's cool uh which is awesome because i've always wanted to have christian friends wherever i've been Mm. Uh, because growing up in the school that I went to was very it was like an international school so we had people from like 
um, different countries and like they're not really Christians. You had different religions and it wasn't something I connected with um, my friends over, my faith. And I think that didn't help because, you know, that was like not a topic of conversation almost, my faith. And yeah. um, I would talk to them and be friends with them about other stuff, but like not faith. Mm. And faith was reserved for, um, it used to be Fridays that we went to church. So it would just be reserved for Fridays when right. I went to church with my family. So um, sure. it was basically that. And then when I came out to Australia um, from going to uni was a, big massive shift for me and I would pray that I had Christian friends Wow! and that's how actually I made friends at uni that were Christian as well um and got into like a Christian group at uni and then I was like great now I'm done with uni I'm gonna go to work I wonder if Mm. anyone's gonna be Christian there (laughs) And, and I was praying about it and Anna comes in. <laughs> God knew what he was so, doing. Yeah, he, he did. Really he did. really did, which is awesome, you know. So, yeah. yeah. So cool. Yeah. So cool. And Adweight and have we become friends through, like, Adweight <laughs> coming over and hanging out and... Just yeah. coming over and just being in a room. They're like... <gasps> Is that another Indian person? Yeah. Here? Oh my goodness. Let's let, tell me tell me who you are. What's your name? What's happening? Yeah. No, I think I remember asking Adway the day he came to our um, Yeah, you house. broke you broke the Indian ice by asking the question, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, did you leave your shoes outside around? Because <laughs> that's something that we do in the Indian tradition is when you go over to somebody else's house, you leave your shoes outside oh, you don't you don't take yeah. your shoes inside that the house it's the nasty you know. so yeah so I, <laughs> I jokingly asked him if he left his shoes outside and i think he did I, I, well it was also the first time i think i came to your apartment yeah, here yeah. as well so yeah. i was like do you want me to leave my shoes outside or in you know yeah depending on yeah. the neighborhood that's also an important decision yeah. whether you leave your nice shoes outside or inside <laughs> yeah <laughs> no we don't live in a sketchy neighborhood <laughs> no it's actually very nice here. yeah um, yeah so that was a very legitimate question to yeah. me i was like oh yeah no i brought them inside upon anna's request <laughs> yeah. we're australian too in this house it's a mix <laughs> it is a mix Isn't you bring it? your that's shoes cool. in but you take them off yeah yeah actually that's true i remember when we moved in and we discussed like is there any pet peeves you had Mm. and you told me like wearing shoes in the house is a is a pet peeve Mm. slippers are okay though right i'm wearing slippers right now (laughs) is this peeping you that's fine (laughs) and i feel like i've i'm not very i'm a hypocrite myself because i've worn shoes inside the house sometimes when I'm in a hurry and I need to go yeah. to my room and get stuff. So Yeah, Herp, how did these Burks get all the way I in know. my room? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, as long as we take off our nursing shoes at the door, oh, that's yes. what really matters because yes, yeah. they're nasty. They're very disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this has been a great <laughs> long intro into our friendship <laughs> and this podcast, but let's yeah. pray for you before we jump Perfect. in and ask some more, more serious questions. Cool. Lord God, just thank you for who you are. Thank you for your goodness to us, that you are such a good father. Thank you that you've made a way for us to know you and to be close to you. And God, thank you for the work you do in Hep's life, that she is a child of God and that you use her as your hands and feet in so many beautiful, big and small ways. God, we ask that you bless her life. You bless her as she shares her testimony of what you have done and that you give her the words to say. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Fantastic. So we want to know, we want to know, get deep, deep, nitty gritty um, mm-hmm. about the amazing work that God has been doing in your life. And so mm-hmm. we want to start off that sort of narrative and that journey by um, having you tell us about your testimony, how you came to the Lord, how you came to Jesus. Um, cool. Yeah. So I grew up in a Christian household. So my mum and dad had a bit of their own conversion stories of how they became Christians. Um, Because in India, especially the part of India that I'm from, from the south, um, in Kerala, there's different types of Christians. So there's um, Catholics, there's Marthomites and Jacobites, and it's a bit of a mixture. And I think all over India, they, they do exist that way. Um, so my mum and dad used to be two different from two different denominations of Christianity um, and they were the type of Christians who would go to church on Christmas, Easter and, and that and then church or Jesus would, would be out of the question the rest of the days of their lives basically. Um, but I think a lot of what 
um, my testimony is actually inspired by their own testimonies of being, becoming Christians. So um, they met the Lord um, after their marriage. So they got married and after their wedding and everything um, and they were struggling to have kids. They didn't have kids for like five years um, and my dad had problems with drinking and all that. Um, and my mum was new to the country because my, my dad bought my, brought my mum out to Dubai and so she was all by herself in this foreign country. Um, she was struggling with depression, anxiety, um, had suicidal thoughts herself, um, had this husband who would come home from work, go out in the evening with his friends and hang out and get drunk and everything, come home super drunk. Um, so it was not a very happy household. Uh, and my mum, being the oldest in the family, couldn't really talk to my grandparents about it back in India. And um, so she basically kind of just struggled uh, by herself. Um, and then because there was this looming um, problem of like not having kids and that was really frowned upon in our culture, um, I think one of their family friends invited them to church one day and they both were sitting on different sides of the church because um, men and women are quite divided in the way they sit mm-hmm. um, in, in Indian churches. They sit on one side and men and wow. women sit on another side. And, um, and it's not just in India. Um, I think they just in Dubai in general um, with the there's that gender yeah, segregation exactly being a Muslim country doesn't even have to be in a church mm-hmm. like it could be any event men and women are quite separate to where they sit so um, this this pastor who was preaching in that church uh, actually prophesied o- over my dad on the one side went over to my mum and basically said the same thing to my mum. He didn't know they were married? No. Whoa. Nothing. So my parents didn't know anybody at that church or it it was like a fasting prayer kind of thing that they had. My parents didn't know anybody there. And my mum and dad, to this day, they say, uh, before they actually went for that meeting, they talked to themselves, like to each other. uh, Well, you know, we're not going to convert. You know, we're not going to do anything that they ask us to do it's just we're just going to make them happy because those people who invited them over was like we're not going to go to our meeting until you come with us we need to take you to our uh, to this meeting like you need to go um and so they basically said oh we're not going to do anything that they want us to do we're not going to you know um my dad was like i'm not going to give up drinking that's just you know I'm just going to live my life the way that I do. <laughs> they went out with some ground rules. <laughs> they really <laughs> did. They meeting. were really yeah. like, we're not, you know, cause, uh, because I am a Pentecostal Christian. So in um, Pentecostalism, like in, in Kerala especially, um, people don't drink. Um, some, some of us don't wear jewellery, things like that. It's quite strict that way. Mm-hmm. And so my parents grew up knowing Pentecostal people as these separate kind of people who were like had weird traditions of not drinking and like mm. you know those kind of things so my parents were like yeah no we're not going to be a part of that so they went out feeling like this and my mum and dad came back to the house after the meeting and they were like whoa that like our whole life's just been changed they you know they oh, met Jesus like God. they really like met Jesus. Jesus and um and they were like, well, you know, it, it's we decided to follow Jesus now, like, because whatever we found there is what life is worth living for. Mm. And so, again, there was this thing of not having kids um, looming over them, but the the pastor who prophesied over them said, you know, um, in a few years' time, you're going to have kids, and or like actually next year, this month or something like that, you're going to have kids, and you know. Um, you don't you don't even realize the plans that God has for you and you're going to see three kids in your life and and that just broke my mom's heart because she was like I do I believe in this do I not wow. believe in this this is such a a big promise but I'm like how do I believe in this kind of thing so they both had their own personal journeys of faith um and so they did become um more christian um mm-hmm. after that my dad gave up drinking um so it was all that and then 
obviously my brother was born. They had a lot of issues with my brother being born. He was uh, going to be a stillborn. Wow. Um, and they had to go through their own journey of um, – because all of my parents' families were – not really Christians like they were just like they were before they sort of became true Christians and so they were surrounded by these people um telling them off for like why did you go you know and become Pentecostal why did you get baptized why did you do all that you would have had a a perfectly healthy baby if you hadn't done all that and so you know they started to sort of talk them off for like uh becoming more Christian if that makes sense because it was so against everything that they were raised in if Mm. that makes sense so um so that happened but my mom and dad uh were really true to what god had been doing in their lives and they knew that it was god Mm. um, in their lives and it couldn't have been something else so they were really firm in the decision that they took which i really respect them for now because i wouldn't meet jesus if it wasn't for them so um i did grow up in a christian household but like i said a lot of it was my parents testimony and at some point that just you know it becomes their testimony it's not my testimony so it was later in life when i was about 14 or 15 when i had my personal encounter with jesus um so i became sick uh with uh it was like a, it was like a, it started off as a headache. It got told, like I got told that it was migraines. I got told that it was um, just stress and anxiety, all of that sort of stuff. Um, they did MRIs and CT scans. They did everything they could do. They didn't, they couldn't find out what it was. And I went to India and my, um, my parents took me to this um, neurosurgeon kind of person. Um, and they did an MRI and they said, we are suspecting a brain tumor so and i was like 13 or 14 at the time wow and um and after they'd done the mri they did a bit more study i was in the hospital for like two months at least um and i was missing out on school and everything so i was missing on missing out on life and my parents would take turns come coming and staying with me and um they found out that it was something uh to do with my csf uh, fluid so uh, wow. for people who don't know what that is basically a f- fluid running from in your brain and down through a spinal cord basically it how do you how would the you brain yeah the spinal cord oh, the, you're the neuro oh. nurse <laughs> well i used to be in the neuro ward so. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so it basically you need that in your brain but too much of it is not good and too uh too little of it is not good either and And it's constantly producing yeah so i just had a higher count than Mm. normal people would or normal people my age would which would have caused a lot of pressure in your head that's exactly what happened so i had too much intracranial pressure Mm. so which means like too much pressure in my brain Mm -hmm. um and so they had to do something called a lumbar puncture and like um which is like sticking drain a needle <laughs> drain, yeah. in your in your spine and actually draining it out mm. wow. um and so they were trying to find out what caused it and everything they um they did a lot of investigations but i don't think anybody understood what happened there but i like to look back on it and think oh that's just jesus way of telling me you know this is where i meet you so wow. um yeah so i think it was then that i actually f- fell in love with jesus and got to know who he was um and every time i think about oh you know what my testimony is i go back to this night um one night at the hospital when obviously i was missing out on school i didn't have contact with my friends everything was just foreign to me i had never been in india that long too so that whole culture thing was also a big factor to me i hadn't been in a hospital before that so i was in the hospital for a very long time and i was just like so worried about what's going on like Am I going to live to see another day? My, I could see that my parents were stressed out um, and I was just in so much pain um, and they were like putting needles in me and, you know, so many things that were just foreign to me that I never thought that life would be like that for me. And um, I don't know what it was, but it was one night that I was just crying on my hospital bed. My mom was sleeping like um, next to me or like um, it was late at night and I think – that's when I knew there was a spirit there. There was somebody mm. there and that that person was telling me that I'm not alone mm. and that there was a greater purpose to what I was, you know, to, to what I was going through. 
So, and I knew that that is Jesus. And I think that's where my personal journey with Jesus kind of started. Yeah, wow. And so, yeah, and ever since then, it's just been, you know, one or the other thing where Jesus has taught me more about who he is and, you know, who I am to him Mm. as well. So, that's kind of the gist of my personal encounter or my initial encounter with Jesus. So, it just went on from there. Um, And it's funny because I've, been able to share this experience with other people Mm. and now that I look back on it I knew that that was the great purpose that God was talking about when he met me that night so yeah wow yeah yeah wow I mean that's that's really that's really inspiring to hear hear and see like you meeting God in such such an extraordinary sort of circumstance too um but how has it been you know since that and your your growth in from that point in your faith and in your walk with um jesus you know so this is where we come to the double testimony part where we want to hear how how have you continued to sort of stay with stay with jesus and you know yeah practice your faith yeah um so i think since then it's just i think god's been taking me on a journey of like i've uh, had to move away um mm. since then from family I've had to come to Australia, even though I was living with family when I came out here with my brother, um, there were times when I would feel really um, lonely and scared about the new culture. I'd never lived away from my parents, so it was something new. And all of those kind of, every season of life, I think, God's taught me something about him and I, like just, it was just a personal kind of relationship. And I think... Mm. It's weird because every time I drift away or start to like slide back or get distracted with something else, uh, God has a way of pulling me in and telling me like, this is where you're meant to be. This is your home. And that's, you know, at the feet of Jesus in his presence. I don't know. I couldn't explain it to you really because every season's a bit different. And Mm. I think I've there's different things that's happened in different times of my life where Mm. God's really shown up and said, Mm. you know, make sure that you're, make sure that you're where you are, like Mm. make sure you're where I want you to be. And I think just re-surrendering over and over again has led me to the cross. It really has because I, I, yeah, like I, I wouldn't be able to explain to you um, one particular instance or anything, but it's just, Every season of life when things have changed or people around me have changed or um, like I was saying, I'd be away from home or at home but still feel like I'm alone mm. or um, things like that, God would use that time to somehow point out to me that, you know, where Jesus is is my mm. home really. Um, yeah, and I think that's that's what kind of – uh, led me back to the cross all the time. It's just something or the other. I think God has really orchestrated that to, you know, mm. even even the fact that Anna and I live together now. Mm. Um, like I was really worried about, you know, uh, what was what it was going to be like because I'd have to travel a bit far if I was leaving with family to come to work. And um, my parents were like, you should probably consider moving out there. And I said, yeah, cool, I'll, I'll you know something to consider and I was going to be living by myself and I was like that's going to be a whole shift from living a household of like living with like four other family members to living by myself yeah um and then finding out that you were also wanting to move out at the same time um and both our families moved away at the same time yeah so I think it's just every season of life God's really um taken some experience or something that's really bothered me or something to just turn it around and um, make it very personal for me yeah. and God, if that makes sense. Absolutely. It's yeah. it's a continual journey. It's it not really just is. like I've made it, now I know no. Jesus. It's like this constant, now I know him more. Oh, oh, now I know him more. Oh, I thought I knew him, but now I know him more. Yeah. And I think that's a massive thing I see in your life because obviously I get to see you like most personally other than your family which is such an honor but I remember you saying once in when we both first started nursing and we were just hit by how challenging it was um and especially in the area that HEP was working in originally it was just it was just really difficult there was just a lot going on it was just tricky to fit in and everything and Mm. I remember 
you telling me when you um you we kind of changed rotations and so she was moved to a different ward at the end of that rotation and she said to me I know these walls have seen so many miracles of how God has helped me. Mm. And even when you go back to that ward just to get something or to, you know, if you're deployed there for some reason, you'll say, I know these walls have seen miracles, which is obviously it's a metaphor. The walls can't see, but if they could tell stories, yeah. dang, there's some stories of what God has done for oh, me, yeah. <laughs> not because it's been wonderful this whole time, but because of how much you've let like lent on God and yeah like I hope you don't mind me saying this but there'll be times when you would text me like I just vomited right before my shift because of how anxious I am about this but just seeing God move you through each stage again and again and again and now you're again in a different location and it's hard for different reasons but you know you are not alone like I feel like it's almost the epitome of your testimony of I am not alone yeah of course That's so beautiful that you bring that up because, uh, again, that was a different, like, going into new grad and going into nursing as a career and starting out as a nurse. Um, That was a particular season of my life where God really showed me, um, I don't know, I don't know what he showed me. It was just so beautiful because every single day would be different and every single day I'd be learning about Jesus in a different way. Um, And it's true when I told you that, the walls of that particular ward has <laughs> seen so many miracles because uh, I would think that I couldn't do it that day. And there's been mm-hmm. times when I would go to a shift and be like, no, nah, I want to go back home. I can't do this. Yeah. You know, it would get too overwhelming, too stressful. Um, and I'd get very anxious um, as well. And I'd be like, no, nah, I can't handle this. And it would be one way or another, God would have a message for me. So it was either through my mum who happens to just call me before a shift to, to see how I'm going. Um, it could be somebody else from, so there's this one particular um, person that uh, that we know from our old church in Dubai who just randomly calls us and says, God has a message for you. And she would just, oh my goodness. and literally like when I was outside the door, like today, my mom my mom and I were on the phone and she was telling me uh um that that auntie of ours she called and she uh she said she had a message for you and she was telling me about that and so it's weird because at that time um you know a lot of those times when I would you know struggle with going to work or like um face work um and the struggles that come with it I would you know, my mom would call me up and say, oh, yeah, she sent a message again and <laughs> she had a word for you. And um, she's a very prayerful person. She's a prayer warrior, actually. And I don't know how it is, but she's always um, like sent us messages of like just for our family when she was praying over our family and things that mm. God would reveal to her a, a particular verse from the Bible. And she wouldn't know what's going on in our lives. And yeah, she'd be like, yeah. I don't know what's God, what God's trying to say, but when I was praying for you guys, this is what I got. So it would be not, not just through her, even with church, you know, um, somebody would say something at church or somebody, you know, like our pastor would preach on something at church and it would just, it was just speaking directly into my situation, my life at that stage. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think uh, God really showed up when I was working there. And even today, like every single day, God really just shows up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's pretty cool. And it's right. That's right. You know, those those walls have seen so many miracles. Yeah. It really has. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. do you remember um, there was this time when I was away visiting my parents. I'd totally mm-hmm. forgotten about this until now. But I was visiting my parents. They lived like four hours out of Sydney. And you were back here working mm-hmm. over the weekend and I had this like really creepy like weird dream and I woke up feeling yeah. quite stressed about it it was about the hospital something was going on in the ward that Hep mm. worked in yeah and then uh, the next night I had another dream and I was standing before God and he was telling me this specific message yeah saying that you are seen and then I woke up and I was like I just what are these dreams, God? And I just knew in my heart, I'm going to get home and Hep will know. Mm. Hep will know exactly what they mean. Yeah. And I remember texting you, like, I had a dream about you. I don't know what's going on, but I think you'll know what it means. And I walked in the door, 
told you this dream like I was desperate to know what the purpose of this dream was Mm. and you just burst into tears and it was I dreamt basically a situation that Hepat experienced that weekend um and just the torment in my dream of just the enemy like in my dream it was just like these spirits tormenting you and then in the next dream God saying I see you like I am with you and it just brought instant peace and it was Mm. like a physical situation you were in but it showed you the spiritual aspect of what was actually going on spiritually but what God was saying over you and that's what brought deliverance yeah um, so that was basically, and I called you, I, I think the day before you came or the, the yeah, morning that's of right, the day that's right. that you came home. Yeah. And I, so it was basically, it was a night shift that I was doing in my new ward after my first rotation had finished. Um, it was my very first night shift there and, um, something happened where, um, you know, a patient had filed a complaint kind of thing, um, like a patient had filed a complaint that was ridiculous. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't like a fair complaint. Yeah. It was. It uh, was just attacking Hep for nothing. I don't know. I was like, whoa, like, what? Seriously? Yeah. Like for something like that? Yeah, it was odd. And I just didn't know what to do. I was like, oh, I'm gonna lose my job. Like, you know, this is. It was a very small thing, but even then, I was like, you know, what could I have done that? Mm you know, made that person go all the way up to the health commission and complain about me. It was very Um, discouraging. It it really was. And I was at that time in my new grad transition year where I'm kind of getting confident and I'm kind of like, oh, okay, I know where this is going. I kind of know what I'm doing now. Mm. Um, And it was at that stage when this happened. And I remember coming home and I'm just like panicking because I'm like, I don't know what I did wrong. And, you know, Mm. and so it was that morning that I um, called Anna and she wasn't home and uh, I spoke to her about it and, you know, you and your mom decided to pray mm. um, for me uh, while you guys were... We were already praying for you because of the dreams I'd had. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that until you actually came home and yeah. told me about it. I think you wanted to tell me in person. Yeah. And, um, you told me about it and I was like, whoa, that is so weird. Yeah. And and the fact that it happened on a night shift and your dream was very, um, I think it was, it was, it was something about you being on a night shift instead yeah. of me. Yeah. And I was, was in your you, position. You were in my position. And I, I think that was really, it was, it was also showing us how much of, you know, that God loves us and mm. just, you know, he will send his message one way or another and Mm. he does protect us Mm. wherever we go and he's got his hand over us so um, he does he really does and I think I've learned that over and over and over again I still am learning that it's really cool to see that in everything you go through that God Mm. is still that constant I mean of course God will always be the constant but the fact that you get to seek him as your constant and I wanted to ask you as well we have and I recently had a chat about um just what we run to for comfort and Mm. what we like where we're finding our strength and we ended up deleting netflix because we realized we share a netflix account obviously we live together but we realized that we were each addicted to it in different ways and that we were running to it for comfort and for me personally i didn't realize that i was struggling with anxiety that i was trying to cure by having people on in the background whether it be youtube or netflix or something i'd fall asleep to it i'd wake up and listen to it i was getting ready for work Mm. so pointless for the growth of my spirit but i thought that it was sort of helping distract me from anxiety but i didn't realize it was feeding it until i talked about it and realized this has to go i think i actually stopped watching netflix like a few weeks before we um before we got rid of it because I had prayed and asked God what is causing this and he was really kind to tell me this is this is it you should stop and then we talked about it and we ended up having this just really fruitful discussion about not being conformed to this world and so I wanted to ask you how is it going since we got rid of that stuff how are you feeling like what are you running to instead it's so weird right because we had that whole conversation um, and I was really hooked on this one show, this Korean drama. On, Oof, uh, they get you. They get you hard. They really do. They're hey, too. They're, so <laughs> they're long. super long. So one of my friends put me onto it, and she's like, "Oh, you should watch this." And I find myself coming home from work really exhausted, just 
you know, landing on my couch and just watching that for hours on end. Um, and like it would finish with a very climactic like scene and you'd be like, oh, no, I need to watch the next episode now. <laughs> and that's how it is though, like for every show, not just, you know, like a Korean drama. But yeah. That's their design. Like exactly. that's what they yeah, want you yeah. to do. And so I think it was this one time when I was like um, doing something else. I was like, oh, I should watch like a listen to a sermon or something like that. And I came across this one particular sermon. Um, uh, I don't remember oh, the title um, of it. Um, J.P. Bacluda? Uh, yeah, something like that. His I think name that's his was. name. I'm sorry if I butchered that. Um, his name's Jonathan uh, Pocluda or something like that. Um, and it was the first time I've, I'd heard of him. And I listened to the sermon and it was really just speaking into my soul. Like <laughs> it was literally just speaking to me in my situation then. Um, and I think at church we'd been, um, uh, you know, uh, the theme of our, you know, church messages had been um, do not be, you know, can, do not confirm to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing, renewing of your minds from Romans 12. Um and I, I had, you know, I would hear it every week, but I didn't really know what it meant until I heard this message and I was like, wait, hold on. How am I being influenced by the, the things of this world or the things that I'm choosing to follow? And I would find that a lot of the shows that I was watching or uh, things like that, it would really just influence the way that I was acting with others and, um, also just influence my own thoughts and actions and it would you know it didn't help me like you were saying grow spiritually or um mm. it didn't help me with my anxieties or it was just an escape um almost that I would come home watch that and just go to bed you know I wouldn't you know be too tired to spend time with God I would um so yeah it was just a lot of prioritizing and I was going wrong in that um and like really investing my time into something that really mattered. Um, so that's when I decided to have, I don't know, like it would just, just happened, I think. Um, and with, to your question of how that's going at the moment, I it's not like I don't watch stuff mm. anymore. It's mm. not like, oh, God, you know, like anything like that. But the other day uh, I downloaded my old Snapchat onto my phone, Oof. right? Like, I don't, I know, I don't know why I did that, but I don't, uh, like, I try to stay off of social media a little bit just to give myself a bit of a break. And then I go back on it every now and then. Um, But oh my goodness, the hold it has on you. Mm. Like, oh, geez. Like, you know, I would find myself just scrolling late at night, just watching those like little videos and stuff like that. And just, and it's so pointless. (laughs) It's It's so pointless. And it's about somebody else's life and like all the celebrities' lives and, you know, talking about all the things that, you know, that doesn't make sense. And I would feel that. I was like, when I had that bit of a break from it, I was like, whoa, like, is this really, does this give me any sort of happiness? Does this, mm. you know, like what, what That's is its true. point? Yeah. And I think it's really healthy um, to just take a break from things like that for a little bit. Just to like examine yourself and just be like, you know, does this actually pour into my life? Like, does this give me any sort of benefit mm. at all? Yeah. You know, you could be doing something else with that time. And I don't mean like being sitting down and praying like 24 hours or anything, but you could be prioritizing that time to just, you know, go out and meet a friend or like... Fresh air. Something, just just <laughs> yeah. something. And I think, um, and I deleted it right away because I was just like, oh gosh, wow. this is just too much. Like this morning I just deleted it because I was yeah. scrolling last night and I was just like kept scrolling until, you know, I was really tired. I needed to go to bed. I still wouldn't. And, you know, it's not like it doesn't, you know, you just stop it and that's it. But the thing is, it does get into you somehow. It disciples you in a way. It really is. It's so creepy how it sort of just sneaks in and you don't think that it's harming and it doesn't harm you right away. But what you don't realize is that it actually does influence the way you think, the way Mm. you talk, the way you carry yourself. What's the first thing you think about when you wake up in the morning? What are you going to look at, you know, first thing in the morning? Yeah. And, like, if somebody says something, you know, what does that remind you of? Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like, Snapchat was the first social media that I ever detoxed from. Mm. I think that was something at that age yeah. that I did. It was so important for me to do. But just going to, going to the um, notion of, like, 
social media having a hold on you just briefly is it's it's because it's just it's like it's the same effect that like it has with um you know poker machines or slot machines mm. it's bright colors it really nice is. sounds and constantly refreshing you got something to go and it's just short dopamine oh, spurts in your brain constantly and it's the same sort of dopamine hits your brain gets from drugs exactly i was actually going to talk about that yeah which wow. is funny that you brought it up because and so it's no it's wonder that our generation way. is getting <laughs> drugs it's more accepted yeah. it's more yeah. it there's money going into it to promote it it's yeah. in our it's in our pockets it's when yeah. we walk it's so accessible but yeah. the most important thing thing with it whether it be social media or any form of addiction i know it's yeah not, like that's not, that's not the topic it's a of very it, broad yeah. thing but mm. we don't realize that the things at our fingertips are actually the things that pull us away right. and it's it's giving you the same kind of like you were Hit. saying the hits as yeah. as something else would that we would look and we're like oh no that person's into uh like gambling and all that and you know it'd be yeah, like wow. whoa that's a big addiction or yeah. like anything else but you don't realize yeah. that now i have to go wait in a doctor's appointment let me just scroll on this yeah. phone for like yeah. 20 minutes it is so true it is yeah. so true and but, i think yeah. that's the that's the thing with our young young generation at this time is just you just don't know but it's so sneaky how uh, those little things that you don't realize or recognize in your everyday life is actually like pulling you away. Yeah. Yeah. It is influencing the way you talk. It, it is influencing the way you walk yeah. and everything. And it's just, um, it's so cool that you said that because I was actually going to point it out. It's just mm. smaller versions of all mm. those big, big things. And, and, yeah. And, yeah, right. and um, acknowledging whether it be social media or anything, yeah. like, it can be anything, like anything, anything can, mm. whatever is short term mm. and can give you that hit is yeah. very dangerous. It is having acknowledgement of that is so important. Yeah, and you know, because because it's not to say like you know the way we use social media or Netflix is different to what the next person uses. It is. So it doesn't mean it's going to be detrimental to them. And for them, it could be coffee. Yeah, could be other anything. It can. There's even like it can be people, food. It can be anything. It can be exercise. Like when I bring <laughs> really this is. option up, like exercise, addicted yeah. to exercise. Like, well, what's wrong with that? You're going to be healthy. It's like, yeah, but no, you're you're. It's it's anything. an unhealthy consumption yeah. of an activity. It really is. And so anything can have it. And sure, it's you know you know alcohol or drugs. Yeah. They're a much easier slippery slope to get into. Yeah. Same with social media and mm-hmm. exercising might be one of your better problems, quote unquote, but unhealthy is unhealthy. Yeah, anything beyond the limit. It, yeah. And anything, acknowledging it and acknowledging that it's stripping you away from mm. your faith and your mm. walk with God is so important. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about this on previous episodes yeah. of like, yeah. you know, leaning into the Lord to help you out. Yeah. 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 It's really important. It's true. That. It really is. And um, anything that sort of shifts your focus away from God or you inadvertently like worship is something that's not meant to be worshipped you know what you know what i mean like it could be a person it could be your partner it could be your anybody like it could be your best friend it could be work people who are like who love their work and just so obsessed with it or just hate their work and still have to work all the time Mm. you know it's it's anything that can like strip you away like eventually and it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight it takes a long time for it to slowly it is it really is and i think um it's so important that we talk about it especially Mm. with our generation now because we don't understand how subtle these things can be um and how things like that can actually take us away from the promises that god has for us or where god wants us to be you know we're so jaded by all these things and it just kind of blinds us yeah almost. truly yeah truly I, i've been reading one john lately and i wanted to share these verses because you just reminded me of it so the very end of the entire book and he says we know that we are from god mm. and the whole world lies in the power of the evil yeah. one and we know that the son of god has come and has given us understanding so that we may know who him who is true and we are in him who is true in his son jesus christ he is the true god and eternal life Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Yeah. Isn't that crazy that it ends that way? Like I remember getting to the end and being like, oh, what? <laughs> idols. We don't have idols. What, what is it talking yeah. about? They must have really had an idol problem back then. Yeah. But then I realized like, wow, even even my phone is an idol that I'm reading yeah. this off of yeah. can become an idol. And it's saying like, this world is under the power of the evil one. Mm. This is not. This is not like 
good territory to be in and mm. it's easy to sin here oh, it's yeah. it's it's better like you i love how you just deleted snapchat this morning because it's not necessarily the solution for everybody no. who's struggling sometimes people don't need to but i love that you just deleted it because um one of my bible study leaders recently said to us that don't put yourself in a position expecting yourself to not sin mm. expect yourself to struggle with sin mm. so don't just be don't put yourself in a position and assume you're going to be strong mm. expect yourself to struggle yeah. And I love that you were just like, this is a struggle. And just those moments where you think, what am I doing? Like, why yeah. am I, whenever I put YouTube on first thing, like I said, I get rid of it, but I still struggle. I still face that temptation to find relief in things that are not of God. Mm. And I feel myself just going, what are you doing? Yeah. And then flick it back off and, and go back to God. Yeah. yeah. Like it's not your, it's because of sin and because of the world we live in, it's not necessarily yeah. our fault that we fall into this no. but it is our responsibility to make the right choices and to change for the better yeah in these scenarios. and, 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 yeah. and i God, think absolutely. those and i and i think those things don't happen until until it's powered by the holy spirit absolutely mm-hmm. mm. you know what i mean because yeah. i've tried myself of like to try and stay away from things like that or you know a particular thing that i had or anything you know just you try as human as po- like humanly. Our flesh you try. is weak. Yeah. It really is weak, yeah. and that's why you know Jesus. Even you know, like I was just pulling up a verse um, at the Mount of Olives before um, Jesus was crucified, and he took the um, the disciples up there mm. as well, and they were um, falling asleep. Oh yeah, we put this <laughs> on the fridge the week we deleted. Oh yeah, Netflix. That that's is so crazy. weird. I didn't think about it <laughs> until so now. Yeah, read it. But um. Yeah, so it's it's from Luke um, 22, uh, verse 46. And he says, um, so Jesus is praying um, by himself and um, he takes his disciples up there and he asks, and they obviously fall asleep and he asks, why are you sleeping? He asks them, you need to be alert and pray for the strength to endure the great temptation. And obviously the disciples probably didn't understand it, what that meant and what was to come. But I think, I think it's... The, the fact that these things still exist and that the mm. Holy Spirit is here to bring us back to these verses and the things that Jesus said. Mm. It's so important because we live in a world that, you know, sin and um, it's, it's got, everything's got blurred lines and, you know, everything's in a gray area these days. And so it's so important to ask the Holy Spirit for strength to endure that and to point out to you the things that um are taking you away or taking your time away from god um and so that's why this morning before i prayed um like the holy spirit was just like the first thing you need to do before you talk to me is actually delete snapchat and i was Whoa. like convicted by the holy spirit he's like there's an idol in the way yeah. let's get that out of the house and that's Whoa. that's and that's what i did i was like oh okay wow. that's it has to go and so like the other day we i was just um hearing about being obedient to god and it says in um i think it was numbers that he was talking about um where it says obedience is better than sacrifice Mm. and um to heed is to is better than the fat of rams or things like that Mm. so in church they were just talking about how god is so obedience is so important to god Mm. and so if there's things that god is convicting or the holy spirit's convicting Mm. you take this out of the way between Mm. you and me Mm. it's better to to obey yeah and don't risk your relationship with god yeah and um that obedience can like bring you closer to god and just get you more and more and in line with what he wants you to do and what mm. he has to say to you mm. it's probably those distractions that's you know like blurring out everything that god is trying to talk to you yeah. about and the prom- promises he's trying to tell you so mm. yeah that's yeah. true yeah yeah i think um one thing that is cool a, like a joke that the three of us have often is that we're not from we're not from this world mm. like it's it's not a joke it's very real being children of God, we're not from this world. But we often have jokes like, um, obviously, I grew up in England. I don't know if, if listeners would know that, but people will often ask me um, where I'm from if they hear my accent because sometimes it just apparently sounds more British. And I get confused because I think, well, 
I'm from Australia. What are you talking about? And Adweight will often make the joke where people say, like, where are you from? And he's like, literally Sydney. Yeah. Why would you just assume? Uh, uh, Western Sydney. Oh, sorry. My bad. My bad. Got a rep. <laughs> yeah. And we just talk. And I guess also on a deeper level, we talk about um, just cultural things where we feel like um, because of just mixed backgrounds, mm. just don't feel like you fit in. And... Um, there was this really cool moment the other day. I was having a meeting with the planted leadership team and we were at a cafe praying and I was wearing this um, shirt I bought online that says Jesus Freaks Club. And this lady came up to me and we finished praying and she said, where's your club from? And I just had this brain fart, like full on Anna moment. And I said, heaven. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, pardon? And then (laughs) my team explained like, oh, we're just praying together. Her shirt just says that and explained the whole situation. But I was thinking afterwards, like, that's so true. Like, I'm a citizen of heaven. And the yeah. Bible actually talks about, um, I think it's in Philippians 3, where it's like, you are citizens of heaven mm. and Jesus is returning for you one day. And we ought yeah. to live like that. Mm. And when when Jesus returns, we can't be here. Like, look at all the idols I collected. That's yeah. like all the more reasons not to, not to save me. Mm-hmm. But Jesus is like, I'm saving you from death yeah. to be with me not to serve these idols yeah. and distract yourself from the pain that you experience in this world with earthly things. Yeah. Rather experience freedom from the pain we experience in this world mm. with heavenly things yeah. and with God. So, yeah. yeah, Hep, thank you so much for coming on and chatting yeah. with us. It's just been so fun. It's and been great. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me and thanks for listening to me. <laughs> no, it's been great. I even found the podcast to be a little bit more of an excuse for me to get to know you yeah. more, I have, because, yeah. you know, we're all busy with our lives at times and we don't yeah, get the time to go one-on-one like yeah. this. But, uh, you know, it's great to be a part of one of the many listeners to hear your very encouraging story and your yeah. testaments of how you've come to God, how God has shown himself to you and been there for you, mm. as well as how he's continued to be there and how you've continued to seek him and lean into mm. him in all the ups and downs of life and yeah. from very extreme you know medical circumstances to even the little day-to-day like yeah. netflix and phones <laughs> yeah. and like yeah. everyday struggles you know yeah. the extraordinary to the ordinary yeah it's it's all there yeah, and god's like, been there yeah like god doesn't need a big you know a, a miraculous story to you know have an encounter with you it could be mm. every single day of your life mm. when you meet jesus it should be, it should be actually mm. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, thank you for having me and, um, thanks for everybody who's listening. Um, yeah. (laughs) Awesome. And we'll see you guys in two weeks time for our next episode. Yes. Um, so if you haven't already, make sure you follow the podcast on wherever you're streaming this podcast from, so you can get up to date with all the new episodes that are coming out and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you guys. Bye.